Through the Mondays of Lent, I will be speaking out of John's depiction of Jesus' journey to the cross. It begins with the 18th chapter. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kindred Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers together with police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing that all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered Jesus of Nazareth, and Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. Then Jesus said to them, I am he. They stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who are you looking for? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. The word of the Lord. Holy God, we ask that you would give us the inspiration of the Spirit, the same Spirit who inspired the writing of this text. Now give us the inspiration to hear it, to carry it deep into protected parts of our own heart. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Some of the worst things in life happen at night. It's in the nighttime that our fears overwhelm us, that our loneliness becomes overbearing. It's in the nighttime that we feel exhausted and depleted and we wonder if we've lost our way. So, of course, Jesus is arrested in the nighttime. It was dark when he was betrayed by Judas in the garden. The tragic irony of this is that in the 17th chapter, Jesus spends the entire chapter on his knees praying for the unity of his disciples, that the world might believe, keep them unified. As soon as he gets off his knees, he is betrayed by one of them. We're told that they came carrying lanterns and torches and weapons. How many times has history seen this exact same mob? People driven crazy with fear over someone they don't understand, determined to arrest, to kill anybody that threatens them. This mob is led by Judas. Throughout history, we've, we've always reserved our greatest judgment for those who commit acts of betrayal or treason. Betrayal is a sin against trust itself. It shatters loyalty and faith because somebody who got close enough to us to kiss us turned on us. Somebody we trusted. Someone who was supposed to be on our side. We can handle our enemies and our conflicts in life, but we need to know who we can trust. That's why we've always been hard on Judas. Dante confines them to the very bottom of the inferno. But could it be that our reason for showing Judas so little compassion is that we're afraid that Judas may be one of the 12 voices in our own hearts as well? 
he whispers the dark possibility that we could potentially betray the things that we believe in. We could be Judas. He's in there somewhere in our heart, that crowded heart, which is why I've never understood the advice when you have to make a decision and someone says, just trust your heart. If your heart's like mine, on most days there's a bad committee meeting going on in there. <laughs> Judas has a place at the table. We know that he could make us betray our own convictions. There is no one as dangerous to us as we are to ourselves. At the Last Supper, when Jesus claimed that one of the 12 would betray him, the fragility of all of their relationships were revealed by each of the disciples saying, surely not I. As if to say, I've been worried about this, but I thought I had it under control. The sin that is most difficult to forgive in someone else is always the one that we struggle with in our own lives. No one is as merciless to others as those who have no mercy on their own evil. I think we fear Judas more than we fear the cross. The cross is a symbol of heroic sacrifice. Judas is the symbol of evil that lies within each of us. When Peter realized what Judas was about to do, he rushed into the crowd with his sword flailing. Where did Peter get a sword? <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> he only succeeds in cutting off the high priest's servant's ear. Dear Peter, history has been kinder to Peter than it has Judas. We admire his headstrong determination to help Jesus out. Earlier in the ministry together, when Jesus kept talking about going to the cross, Peter was the one who took him aside to say, no, no, we'll never let that happen. And now trying to make good on the promise, he throws himself into this mob with a sword. But initiating this violence is it's just another way of betraying the Prince of Peace. Just as this bloodbath was about to begin, Jesus steps into the middle and he says, Peter, put your sword away. No more violence. No more hurting people because you're sure you're right. No more gossip that dismantles people's reputations. No more of it. No more dividing between us and them. There is no them. There's just us. All of us in need of a Savior who's dying to love us. Put your sword away. Like Judas, and actually like Peter, we betray Jesus too every time we insist he's on our side. Jesus died for every Judas who has betrayed you, even the one in your own heart. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.